Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I don't even know what week it is since the COVID. I think we're like in week 13, 12, yeah, somewhere in there. I don't know. I don't know. But I was I was counting it and you kind of lose count. But nonetheless, another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. This is an hour-long podcast and with an asterisk in it because last week we went an hour and like 15, 20 minutes with so much information and Tom was literally typing, I have to go, I have to go, I have to go, and we would not let him go. So... Today might be a little short because uh, gave him too much last week, didn't we? We, we just gave him too much. We want to make sure we're staying consistent in our one hour of our week. We give you, and if we go over, we were gonna <laughs> gotta balance the average, man. Gotta balance the average, the average we'll has see. to always be. <laughs> so we'll All right, I'll just... wrap up that wraps it up for this week. <laughs> <laughs> wrap it up for today. Right? Okay, it's, uh, we'll see you guys next week. No, but but uh, normally we have a lot when we're looking at it. And I, I I feel I feel like maybe this week it's probably the only week where we went. Nothing crazy happened in the last week. Uh, no, you know, players testing positives or some kind of league starting or another league, you know, joining or or a second division going away or Bonilla saying something or I mean there was there was no drama I think it's the first like drama free league MX weekend which for us kind of goes now what do we talk about we're so used to doing something you know talking about something crazy but anyway uh, as you know right now already you heard Cesar Hernandez is on Cesar in San Diego staying uh, put with quarantine life and uh, hey man como estas? doing well man doing well um, it feels like I mean, even though the numbers all across the world, especially the U.S., clearly indicate that we're not back to normal yet, and we still need to be careful, still need to wash our hands and put on masks, stay home, we need to. On the sporting side, you just hope they're staying safe and you hope they're doing all right, and it kind of feels like we're kind of getting back to normal. I mean, uh, at least once again on a sporting sense. I mean, we saw Raul Jimenez, he got the goal over the weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're starting to see more of the Mexicans abroad playing. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing actual Liga Mekis coming up soon, but, but yeah, but, but, but like usual, like I tell you guys, I mean, just keeping you know, everything in mind, considering all you know, what's happening right now in the world, I'm, I'm doing all right, doing well, you know, can't complain. <laughs> all right. Tom, uh, Ciudad de Mexico, as you know, Tom, uh, great show last week, lots, lots of information, and then this week we're kind of short, but in all of this, yeah. how's it going, Tom? No, yeah, not bad. Can't complain, just, uh. I don't know, not doing uh, overly that much, to be honest. I mean, it'd be nice to have some games back now, but at least uh, at least we've got a start date, even if um, it's still over a month away and, I don't know, still things to be sorted out. No, I mean, I think there was a thousand deaths on on uh, on Sunday in Mexico again, so it's like, I don't know, and the streets are busier, so, you know. Oh, yeah, I don't a, know a thousand deaths in one, in... In, in one, yeah, in one day. I mean, in it wasn't... They don't really correspond to that day, but that that was the official number recorded yesterday. So, so yeah, no, but hopefully, hopefully the league put in, you know, with this protocol, it's kind of all, it all works out. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have the game back, but obviously, under the right circumstances, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, it kind of says I said it. We we kind of our minds are like, okay, I think it's starting back to normal, but then the numbers keep climbing. You know, all over all over the United States, there's, you know, um, face covering mandates. For example, where, where I'm in Arizona, it was like the mayors are the ones that are deciding. So when they all got together and said, yeah, we want to make sure that, you know, Phoenix and 
surrounding cities. They, they're required to have face masks because apparently uh, now we're a hotspot. So it's kind of crazy. I'm sorry about that. I got some uh, some <laughs> some messages, but um, but yeah, and it's and we're trying to see and open that door and seeing what it looks like kind of in the future. And I don't know. I just keep being negative about it, but I still don't think that it's going to happen. But anyway, all right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about what the possibilities of Liga Mekis and some games that are coming on. But uh, first, we're going to um, talk a little bit about the Mexicans abroad. We actually have some some action, some goals, some important goals. And uh, who else than our pride and joy of the the positive view of Mexican right now in, in in Europe and someone that's doing it really really well is Raúl Jiménez who's finally got a chance to score and then we'll talk about the not so positive news with Chucky Lozano and anything in that Mexicans abroad um, and then we'll we'll go into all the other uh, transfers that we're seeing um, all across Liga MX and pointing to the MLS and yeah it should be it should be a fun show but let's just start going in right away uh, Cesar last week we were kind of like look sure. getting our eye on finally Raúl Jiménez uh, coming back and, you know, for many people that don't necessarily have a team in the EPL, it's wherever Mexican player is playing. I know I've been uh, a fan of many EPL teams, like a diehard. Like, oh, I really hope that they win. And then Mexican kind of just leaves. I'm like, eh, I don't really care anymore. If it's, <laughs> if it's the Hammers, if it's uh, if if it's Arsenal when Bella was there, I think. Uh, if Switch Town... Uh, you know, you just kind of go in there, and EPL really doesn't necessarily uh, just whatever Mexican teams on there. When there's hey, two of hey, them, it's kind of like okay. Hey, Wolves are benefiting from right now. They have what? Uh, is Tim Spears over the Athletic Athletics said that there are now five times more Wolves fans in Mexico than in the UK. So they're definitely hey, benefiting. I but I kind of wonder, both. like, if he leaves, let's say he goes to I don't know Real Madrid, let's just say, right? Or let's go or a bigger team like Manchester United or Chelsea or something like that. Do you kind of have a soft spot for the Wolves? And then yeah, I mean, I think I think I mean I feel like a lot of us uh, have a little bit of a soft spot for Manchester United, right? Which is weird to say because it's like someone yeah, like, you know, it's like because yeah. <laughs> it's weird to be like soft spot Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but I know it's weird saying like, oh, it's like I have, a, I have a soft spot for the Yankees. You know, I know it's like it sounds weird to say that, but I feel like a lot of Mexicans feel that way. But but yeah, but as for Jimenez, I mean, it was definitely. Positive, you know, got a got a goal, the two nothing win over West Ham. I mean, a lot of that was due to Adama Traore, and if you're not watching Adama Traore, you're missing out on such an incredibly fun player. But has a great partnership with Jimenez up top, and as soon as uh, Traore was brought on, he just knew exactly where to drop the ball for Jimenez. Jimenez got the first goal in that win, and it's pretty big too because I mean, Jimenez. It, it, you kind of forget. I forgot about this narrative up until over the weekend, but he just needed one goal to surpass Chicharito's 13 goal EPL tally from 2010 2011. Remember, once again, speaking of Manchester United, I mean, remember that season that Chicharito mm-hmm. had right there? I think that what he had, if I remember correctly, it was 20 goals in all competitions and all in all appearances for, for United that season. And just the the star that Chicharito then became. I mean, Jimenez just did that, you know, with Wolves. He, he surpassed that 13-goal tally that Chicharito had. So it's 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 a pretty big moment for Jimenez, and it's it's a very, very positive, uh, you know, very, very good and positive sign. Uh, and their final, what, I think they have eight more games left this EPL season, this bizarre EPL season that they're now having. And, of course, you know, the more he scores, the more rumors you're going to hear about a potential move. But, yeah, very, very, very positive to see Jimenez get a goal over the weekend. 
in when you know when we talk about I, I hate when people just try to compare you know this is why we know Real Jimenez is way better than Chicharito was or, or other way it's it's kind of like you know they're both in different times they're I mean Chicharito was coming from trying like nobody really caring for him and then being like a super sub and then finally starting toward, towards the end of the season um, I I can't think of another striker in, in EPL that's had has had a much minutes as Raúl Jiménez in confidence for, for you know within his team. I think because it's just it, a Wolves thing too. I think it's just Espirito Santo. Well, sorry, the crossword. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Santo. And he he tends to really you know stick with the players that he has. Uh, and I think I guess I mean once again it's weird to talk about silver linings when you consider the whole coronavirus situation. But one of the silver linings for Wolves is the fact that. They got a nice little break. All those players like Jimenez who were starting week in, week out, they got a nice little break here. Now they can kind of have potentially have a strong finish here as they try to qualify for Europa or even a Champions League spot. So, yeah, I think I think, I think think it was just a Jimenez. But then again, I mean, why wouldn't you start him? Why wouldn't you have a guy who mm-hmm. has 14 goals so far this season who is and, – and if you watch a game too, he's just it's just so obvious how much of a complete forward he is. You know, and it's not it's not just his finishing, it's his passing, it's his connection. He's his dribbling seems to be getting better. He seems to be gotten a little bit faster too, and he's just becoming mm-hmm. more and more well rounded. So it's it's I mean it's very, very exciting to see. I almost almost feel like Tom that Jimenez was kind of this like perfect nine where you can play his back against the wall and fight with with defenders, not necessarily being that that goal scorer that finds himself open by being very, very intelligent in reading off kind of what Chicharito did, right? A lot, which is people were just amazed at how he would find places to be by himself in which ultimately they're like, oh, he's just a poacher. But his genius was confusion the, de- the defense. I never really saw Raul be that type of player. And now for some reason now in Wolves, I just see him uh, in that, like the last goal, if you see where it's at, it's like, how could you leave Raul wide open? But you see the runs that he's doing, and is I, I feel like that level, you know, he's now evolved. And, and just like you said, that also says that where his dribbling, he's dribbling like pass from from the midfield in and either passing it or just going over players. But um, I asked this before, Tom, does it surprise surprise you what uh, Raul has become? Because it's not like all of a sudden he learned this, and you know, the way that he struggled in Portugal. Um, or in in Spain, and now you know we're seeing the, the, what he is. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it doesn't doesn't necessarily surprise me because he's been doing it really since he got to Wolves, so it's not something mm-hmm. that's new. Um, but yeah, I think he has he has improved. Um, I think there's two things you know he's improved, and it's what happens when you you know you might not have played a lot at Benfica, you might not have played a lot at Atletico Madrid, but you're still there. You're still training. You still see the level that you need to get to play Champions uh, Champions League club. Um, so I think that actually benefited him. Um, and he, he's in, yeah, he's improved. I mean, I think his aerial game's improved. I think that you know his awareness has improved. And the other thing is is just the confidence. Like Cesar was saying, he's he's just been backed. And even when he's when he's gone four or five games without a goal, he's still in the team. And I think you know that 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 massively helps. That massively helps him. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's great to have such a, an all-round striker, and and really for the Mexican national team, he's the type of striker that, that you know that Tata Martino likes, and and we've seen that from day one with Tata. I mean, Raúl Jiménez is is his number nine. He mm-hmm. said it publicly, um, and and he you know he fits that style of play. Um, well, I would say is though it, it has it has very much coincided with Raúl Jiménez's you know kind of rise to to 
to what he is now as, as you know possibly the best player in Concacaf, you know possibly second behind um, Alfonso Davies right now. Um, but you know it's it's um, it's been it's been really good for the Mexican national team that that he has really clicked and and it's interesting to see. You know, like you look around Europe at the other Mexican players, and and you just hope that they can find. I mean, this is a big thing in the world game as well. It's sometimes it's not just clubs looking for players, you know, and finding the right the right player. Sometimes the clubs and and there's actually companies now that that players actually hire players themselves and the players' agents actually say, All right, okay, we want you to do. Uh, and I think one of the you know remember Deepai who played for Man United, he yeah. actually hired. Um, a stats and analytics company to kind of do a survey of which player, which which teams in Europe, in Europe's Mm -hmm. yeah club club teams in Europe's big five leagues suited his game in terms of he was playing at Man United I think under Van Gaal and he was asked to do a lot defensively and he was he was asked to do this and that and and he didn't want to do that he wanted to to attack he wanted to be an attacking winger and 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 he's now at Lyon and doing absolutely amazingly well but Lyon was actually Hmm. I think the number one team in Europe. And so it's kind of, it's interesting. Um, and I think with Raul Jimenez, going back to that, it's, it's exactly what he's found at Wolves. And, and you know, moving to Irving Lozano, <laughs> obviously things have changed rapidly at Napoli, going from Ancelotti to um, to Gattuso. And under Ancelotti, it wasn't going great, but you expect that little, you expect that bedding in period. It was kind of strange that he was playing up front, but I didn't completely dislike it, to be honest. Um, and... And really, before we got the answer of whether, you know, for me anyway, people might disagree, but but before we got the answer of whether he was going to fit in and it was going to work out for him there, you know, obviously, you know, Ancelotti went and Gattuso came in and Gattuso he just doesn't fit in with. I mean, it's just it's just a bit of a disaster and he's obviously, you know, he's, he's been kicked out of training. It's not going well. And I think now Lozano needs now, it looks like he's going to leave at the end of the season. He needs that that. That thing that Raul, Jim, Raul Jimenez does, that Depay, where we actually look for a club that is actually going to focus in on his attributes, and it's not it's not too dissimilar. He's not amazing at kind of defending. He he needs to be he needs space in front of him, and 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 that's how he works most effectively. He's not a player who is going to be in a team that dominates possession. That kind of as the other team sat back. You know, I mean, I know it's kind of a cliche, but look at that goal against Germany. He thrives off space. If you give Irving Lozano space, then he makes teams, you know, he punishes teams. And, um, you know, I think I think it's going to be a, another massive summer for Irving Lozano. And a real shame when you see, you know, Napoli win the cup and stuff, and you're just yeah. like kind of frustrating. You, you, I feel like he belongs there. I feel like he is good enough. Um, he just doesn't, it's just not working out. It's, it must have such a, must have been such a bittersweet moment. I mean, just think about, I mean, and I guess for all involved, too. I mean, just, like, fans, like, even someone like me who just, like, keep an eye on that game and just seeing this huge match. Because let's not forget, this is a very, it was a very, very important match for Napoli. You could see, too, the way that there were celebrations. I mean, yeah, maybe fans shouldn't be celebrating out in public, you know, hashtag social distancing. But still, just how much it meant for Napoli to get this title and to be... It would have been so incredible to see Chucky involved in a game like this. You know, going up against Ronaldo, like Dybala, Douglas Costa, like all this, this, this Juve side. You know, it, it just it would have been incredible to see Chucky have an impact. You know, and help Napoli win uh, this Coppa Italia. And it 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 feels bittersweet because once again you have to feel happy for him. And obviously, you know, he was still he was all smiles 
you know, when you, when you saw images and you saw videos of him lifting the trophy, taking pictures, and and as he should be, you know, he should be happy yeah. that he, he is still a part of the team. But I mean, but it's it's just it's just so disappointing to to think that you know he didn't he didn't have a role in this. You know, he he did not have a role in this, and more than likely in the near future, he's not going to get very many minutes. And if he is, it's just definitely just kind of like putting him in the front window and saying, see teams who want to potentially buy him or teams that want to potentially get him on loan. This is what he could potentially do, but he's not going to be doing that for us at any, any point in the near future is what Napoli is probably thinking. A couple of things. Uh, perfect way. Maybe he can move to Wolves. I mean, there he goes. Problem solved. Like he's, it's open space, you know. Charlie like, might th- make things difficult for him there. And, uh, <laughs> I'll take Charlie over, over, over. On the other side. On the other side. There you go. One side, Charlie, the other side, uh, Lozano, he can play on both sides anyway. Um, yeah, you know, him winning the, the Copa Italia, and it's hilarious how people were just kind of like bashing and hating on him. What was he supposed to do, not celebrate when he hits the trophy and be a part of that team? I mean, yeah, he may not, he may be on the bench or may not even come in, but he's still part of the team. That's a, that's a Mexican player abroad, you know. Like anytime, like, like, like they, anytime they struggle or they, or they win, so they, the fans feel like they shouldn't. Like people are, people are always going to like, I don't know. Like, like criticize players for anything come on like whether it's, they're playing it i, I like, was like go ahead man you're part of it it's not like you're just sitting in the sidelines every single day during practice and letting the first team practice you're there trying to make it uh regardless of it i don't know i i thought i would be a little bit more upset i'm like oh why aren't they you know why isn't Chico, chucky lozano you know playing more and you know the it's i feel like we've been here before i mean if anybody's been a fan of memo Choa, we've like that per that guy has suffered Right. Uh, we know the skill that Chucky has. It's not a fluke. We've seen what he's done. And I think, you know, it's it's, it's a preference from the coach and it's going to happen. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of don't know what you guys, what do you guys think about this? But it was kind of like, Chucky's pretty lucky that it happened during this time and during COVID. Not that I'm yeah. saying COVID is positive, but yeah. if you think about it, um, it's been, you know, three months. But it's, you know, it feels like Chucky hasn't played in forever. But it really, it, it's just been one season, and it's been half of this season, and it's not like everyone's getting gaining ahead of Chuki. So it's not like somebody else is is is, is going to take you know in the in the transfer market uh, his yeah. spot or or we're looking at anything. So I I kind of feel like if it had to happen, this is the best circumstance for Chuki. Um, and hopefully you know when after the end of the season, the new season coming up, and there's a transfer. Well, it's not like they can go back and see. Look at all the people that played that we can, you know, look for and and are going to be ahead of Chucky in another team. I don't know. I mean, it happens. I mean, I don't. I also question the club in terms of the, what the what the philosophy is. If you, the way they seem to have changed managers to go from two different yeah. distinct ideas is kind of. It tells me that the club because I mean they spent on Chucky Lozano a record transfer fee. And to spend a record transfer fee to get Angelotti, and who obviously was on big money, mm-hmm. and and for them to just decide due to the bad results that right, okay, yeah, it's not working out, and now let's go to this other extreme. Mm-hmm. And we've seen how Gattuso plays. I mean, it's not particularly attractive football, um, and you know, it, it just it just it quest- you have to question whether you know how the how the club's being run to a degree as well. Um, I, my only concern is I don't know. You know which clubs? I don't know. I, I mean, he's obviously on big money. He's just been signed for, you know, a transfer record. Of, what was it? Forty million euros or something? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the exact the exact amount, but it's quite big money. Obviously, you've got the coronavirus crisis. Clubs aren't willing to spend. I mean, I, I think I I think it'd have to be a loan 
but I think it's going to also take a club that's going to pay a loan fee and also pay the wages, which is not going to be easy to find. That's my only, that's my kind of concern right now with with Lozano and, and where he goes. I mean, I think that there are a few clubs that that can afford him, to be honest. And I think most, you know, I think I think if you're going to go be, that little drop below the very elite, you know, the the super clubs or whatever, then I think it's the Premier League. I think that's the that's mm-hmm. the league where. You know where Lozano might might fit in, but you know let's hope for you know a Man United. I think he'd I think he'd suit well. Um, although Everton. I, they probably don't need any more. Yeah, an Everton possibly. Um, you know, obviously Ancelotti's there as well, knows him. Um, you know, Wolves isn't even a bad shout. I mean, Wolves are a team that you know with um, those players are going to be gone soon. Yeah, the, the yeah. players. I mean, they're basically run by an agent. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the guy the guy flipped. You know, he flips players. Houses, not gonna, he flips players like yeah, houses. I mean, it's like Carretero a little bit. Um, you know, Jorge Mendes is is obviously in there, and that's what that's how he runs the club. So you know that that can change. And the same with Raúl Jiménez. Let's not make any mistake. If mm-hmm. Real Madrid come in with with a big offer for Raúl Jiménez, they're not. And and Wolves aren't in the Champions League. You know, they're going to sell him. He's 29 years old. I mean, they're not going to sell him for more in one year. I mean, his value from here on. It's gone down. How it goes down. I mean, you know, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And and I think that the ownership at Wolves will be confident that they can get another player in because at the end of the day, as a piece of business, Raúl Jiménez has been absolutely immense for Wolves. I mean, to, for, for him to come in with so many doubts. I mean, if you're a Wolves fan and you sign Raúl Jiménez and you see he's been on the bench at Benfica and you see he's been on the bench at Atlético Madrid, you're not seeing a player who's kind of on the rise. You know what I mean? So it was a great bit of transfer business to. To kind of go in there and and see that his skills, Raúl Jiménez's skills, would transfer to that Premier League environment, which is, you know, which is quite different. Well, it's very different from from Spain and Portugal and and, and Mexico, where obviously he's, he's played before. So, no, yeah, it's going to be interesting um, looking around at some of the other Mexicans in Europe as well. Herrera getting some more minute more minutes. Um, great pass. Yeah, I mean, nice. great that pass one. in that first game. Uh, Wasn't as good in the Iniesta type game. of pass, like two. Almost messy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, 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 no. the issue, with, yeah, the issue with Herrera, though. I mean, I, I think Tom was about to talk about it right there. It's like, yeah, that was a. I think that was a wonderful pass from Herrera. That was two games ago. But over the weekend, he had a good start for Atleti in their one nothing win. But then he got fairly quiet, and then he made a pretty big mistake. I don't know if, any, if anybody watched the game. He made a pretty big mistake, which almost cost them a goal. And I think, unfortunate for Herrera, it's just I feel like he almost has to be near perfect, you know, with that Atleti side, just because of the depth they have in the midfield. So. It's good to see him get a second consecutive start, but man, he just needs to. He's, they, they they expect so much of you, you know, with that side, yeah. and I, I just I just hope he can hold on to a spot in the starting eleven. And he didn't exactly have a brilliant game over the weekend. Yeah, it's a real shame for Herrera. I mean, I think that I just, I just love him. I think as a player, he's absolutely yeah. brilliant. You know, I just I think he's an absolutely brilliant player can play in, in any team. Um, it's just been I don't know. I thought he just I don't know. Do I backed like he... him to to start more. Do you feel um, like he just sometimes but, he just like is not like the sense of urgency when he sucks when he's really bad in games you're just like dude are you awake like he just if no, like, I think, he he's not I think like I think it's, it's just I don't know, I think it's just I think, I think it's just tough with the lefty it's just it's just a higher level you know it's but it's I've an seen elite that with team. the Mexican squad, team you know? or or even with other games where he it's like when he's bad it's just that he he, he feels it's not like. I don't know I don't know maybe I just I maybe we look into it but kind of looking at that game it was kind of like. Um, I don't know if he's not into it or he just seemed like, well, this is an Herrera, like a totally two different, like Herrera's play, you know, we never see like, oh, he did good. Okay. He's, but it's either really bad or 
kind of. I guess. I guess. I guess. On the, on the other hand, too, it's like. I know. Maybe every everything is under the microscope right now, and we're kind of picking apart these players' performances after they've miss, been because we miss it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, after, after they've like, been gone for after they've been gone for so long, and obviously, like you know, there's it's content, and people got to talk about these players. People got to write articles about these things mm-hmm. to talk about these matches. But I do worry sometimes a little bit, like recent weeks, like if a certain player isn't you know doing well, if a certain player is struggling a little bit, we kind of think, oh my god, like. It might not be good. Might not be. It might be kind of awful for them going forward. But I mean, who knows? Maybe 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 Herrera needs a little bit more time. But then again, I don't know. Before the break, um, I I feel like he was doing pretty well, and then he had yeah, an injury. Yeah, he was doing good. And then what's this? I forget. There's another guy from Atleti. Was it Llorente? Llorente. He he then started to get more minutes, uh, because he was just playing at a very high level and just took minutes away from Herrera. So I think it's just it, it's 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 tough for him out there. But like Tom said, I think. I thought it would be a little bit more of a smooth transition, but we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. All right, all right, all right. Really quick, just going back to Raul. Um, Wolves are at 46 points for the season. and right, uh, They're in sixth, in the sixth spot. Manchester United at 46. Also, Chelsea at 51. And Chelsea's are, you know, the, the top four. Could we say that, you know, they're, uh, you know, at least Europa League, but hey, maybe maybe champions. You said there's eight, eight games left, right? I think so. Yeah, I think the other question too is, uh, I, I feel if I remember correctly, Man City will hear early next month about their status in the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they're they're waiting to hear in some sort of decision. Um, and if the decision isn't changed, then they're not going to be taking part in the Champions League, which then means that there will be an extra Champions League spot, uh, which I think goes down to fifth place. I the believe. Fifth place. Yeah, and then that means that sixth and seventh will be for for Europa League. So I mean, that that's that's an, that's another question too, because like, I mean, we, we were talking about a little bit there. I mean, not to extend this a little too much this conversation, but we we're talking about potential moves for Raúl Jiménez somewhere, and uh, you know, we're talking about moves for for Chucky. But let's say uh, Jiménez goes to Manchester United. You know, let's say he goes that goes that side. But what if United the are then? Yeah, or like at Wolves. Let's say Wolves goes to they get a Champions League spot in Manchester United or the Europa League. Like, what is that? Would we still be happy with that? What if both are somehow finished with Champions League spots and Chelsea drops some points, maybe Leicester City drops some points, and it's Wolves and Manchester United go up? Like, if they're both in it, should we say that would it be better for Jimenez to stay with Wolves or go to? I don't know. I think there there are a lot of questions. Oh, to United. Consider, but. I mean, it's much of your club. I don't know. I don't know. I things like are Wolves, working though. out. Be- things are working out beautifully with Wolves, though. The fans love him. He's like, I know, he's he's such he's such an important player. Would you them. stop following Wolves? That's that is the question when he moves over. Like, would uh, you yeah, unfollow? Probably. Like, probably. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm like a, a, I'm not saying like a diehard Wolves fan, but just like you were saying, we. I mean, I think there are like a number of <laughs> European teams which I follow, and I'm like, yeah, I'm rooting for them yeah, because they have a Mexican player. There's something about oh, Wolves, though. Like, yeah. Like I think there's something about Wolves that I really like, and, and it's it's kind of different. I'm just saying. Hey, you know, I might logo not, is like, great. Logo is great. I like the. I just like. It. I don't know. Tom's over here. <laughs> like, like, whatever, guys. I like that. I like that green jersey. It can change it quickly. Be... I mean, Nuno. You know, Nuno is. Yeah. I mean, it can change. I mean, you know, if Raúl and Nuno leave this this summer, then you know things change. It could easily be mid-table next season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Arsenal. 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 And they're not, what I'm saying is they're not a club that are going to invest to be in the top four. 
like regularly like the top the top five six teams in in England. But yeah, no, um, yeah, Hector Moreno as well, kind of flirting a little bit. I what? felt he was on a he was on a radio show with uh, friend Glenn, Glenn Davies and Davis and uh, you know felt like he was flirting a little bit to be honest with the uh, MLS. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, uh, if that one happens. And I think for Mexico, it's probably better to have him in MLS than Qatar, no? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be happy with him in Major League Soccer, the guitar. Is he going to make it to the to the next World Cup? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Four? Four World, Cup. Four World Cups, right? Maybe. It's not far off now, the next World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess you're right. Two years. I knew it. Or two and a half years. Um, All right. No more. Uh, oh, Diego Linus, really quick. Um, not Linus, having the greatest game. Yeah. He, he was. No, but yeah. it's. Man. I don't know. Everyone's going bad. like, oh, he had he a horrible bad. game. I thought he was pretty bad. I mean, I don't know. You want to see, you want to see growth, and he comes off the bench, and I feel like he shows flashes, mm-hmm. and you know. Like I, like I've said before, he's, he does things and he takes on players, and it's there's few players that that do that. But you want to see more kind of penetration, more I don't know, more like difference making. And mm-hmm. you know, he got the chance to start the game, and and obviously it is tough because Real Betis obviously got rid of Ruby now as well, so they're without a coach. I mean, that's just a symptom of they, they look like a team, or they, and they've looked like a team since the restart. Low on confidence, they're just not playing well. And I think you know Linus has been he's been part of that, and I don't know it's just he got the he got the chance to start, and for me it was like an opportunity just to sh- just you know he's he's, in, he's improving he's he's looking better he's looking more you know he's adapting better to the to the Spanish first division and I don't know it's the same old problems I mean he's just easily brushed off the ball he's not kind of making important passes not getting into you know positions where he's threatening the goal um, and it still seems like he's He's just not quite there. You know what I mean? It's, I'm, I'm, my opinion now is shifting towards getting him out on loan. You know, sending him out on loan. I mean, and I know that you know, obviously, with it can be hit and miss, like we saw with Gio and, and Vela for many years. But you know, to to find a good club, get him playing a full season in Europe. You know, in even if it's you know League One or you know the lower a lower table Spanish team, and just just get him playing week in week week out. It just feels like, as well as a, every time he steps out onto the pitch right now, he's like there's so much expectation, and he's almost like he's putting on his own shoulders as well. He doesn't look relaxed. He looks like he's kind of just on edge all the time instead of just playing his natural game. But I don't know. That's just not my interpretation, obviously, from from just watching on the TV. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. You kind of think about. I mean. It's- Think about like two different players, two Mexican players who are who are wingers who I feel like should be going out loan somewhere. I mean, the first one we talked about earlier today was was Chucky, and for me, Chucky is just like it's going to be turning 25. In my mind, I mean, you keep your fingers crossed if he does go somewhere on transfer, if he does go somewhere loan, you're like fingers crossed it's Champions League team. You know, this is this is a player who should be playing Champions League soccer. He's already played Champions League soccer. We saw what he could do at the high level of the World Cup. He should be playing at the very least. Maybe maybe if it's Europa League, that might be fine, but. That's kind of what you're hoping for. With Diego Linus, I mean, it's, I think it's different too. I mean, he's he's he, you know, I he, think he just recently turned 20, if I remember correctly, uh, earlier this month. Um, you know, he's only had a very short amount of time in in Europe. So yeah, I would I would not have an issue at all. And if anything, I'd like like, like Tom was saying there. You know, maybe maybe it, it doesn't have to be like a top European club. You know, go to the 
Go to no, like, no, 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 go go to like go to your divisi, you know, go to go to a maybe a, a, a smaller Bundesliga side. Go to like I said, could be even be like a mid-table like league on side, you know, like it doesn't have to be a very elite club, you know. And I just I think what matters is that he's in a I don't know, top five league and getting a lot of minutes, and more than likely that means probably is going to be uh, you know for a very strong side right now. So I, I, you know, he's still fairly young. He still has a lot to prove. So I would I would have no issues with him being a part of a you know a small European side, but getting you know minutes week in week out. Uh, again, well, what if the, you know they bring in a brand new coach that love him and it changes? Oh, then uh, that'd be great. Then yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it's, 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 it's so it, it's so different. Like every week, we feel like it's like oh, okay, he's doing good. He's not okay. He needs to leave. Okay, he needs to stay. And it just all depends on the coach, pretty much, and all depends on. On everything, so he did really. He did. He looked really good a few weeks back, and then he had this bad game. Um, but again, I mean, the coach isn't there. Well. So he looks physically bigger. I think he know, does. I think he's put on a bit of weight, and which is a good thing. I mean, well, I think he's get, he's actually growing because he's a kid. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe he's, we're like, hey, I mean, when I was eighteen and then I was twenty, I was completely different. <laughs> He's now yeah. 85 pounds. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 his Wikipedia uh, height went up because he was 5'3". But now when what's-his-face uh, from the U.S., now he's like, oh, oh you're not that short anymore. Okay, because you're, you're a grown boy. <laughs> sorry, Tom. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm done. Miaska, no? <laughs> like, I'm done. Cool, cool. All right. Well, what's next? <laughs> Liga Mekis? We're talking some Liga Mekis now? Liga Mekis. Tom's done. He's like, all right, I'm done. All right, uh, transfers. Liga Mekis transfer. What's happening? Um, before we start, you really think it's going to happen? We really think we're going to have a Liga Mekis in July? Yeah, I think we will. Because I think, um, the, I mean, I think right from the start, it's been down to the government. And there's no sign that the government is going to is gonna turn this go back if you know what I mean. They've opened it up slightly now and there's no sign that it's going back. I think the, I think the question of whether it's the right thing to do or not is 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 separate. Um so I do think it's gonna happen. You know, I don't think there'd be as much problem if the rest of you know if the rest of society was now still closed up a little bit. Um but, but obviously it's not happening and, and I don't know, I think they're gonna I think they'll play. I think they're gonna play. I think the clubs need it. I think the clubs are gonna pressurize to put it on, there's testing procedure now, and as long as the players actually follow the quarantine hmm. um, and the protocol, then it should be all right. It was actually interesting to hear the Atlanta president today. I think two Atlanta players have been um, positive, and you know that MLS's back tournament is coming up pretty soon now. But he was like saying, actually, the positive tests are this is exactly why we test. This is exactly like kind of the the procedure. Um, you know what? As long as we're testing, we can deal with these with these issues when as they come up. So yeah, I mean we'll see. But yeah, I do, I do think it's going to go ahead. Um, I think it's been interesting so far the transfer market. Um, you know, a lot of kind of I don't know lower key deals. I'd say I don't think we've seen any. You know, apart from I mean the Carretero ones are just kind of weird because they yeah. they were part of uh, buying a club. Cholos, you know, obviously getting Marcel Ruiz, which I think is probably going to be the biggest transfer. You know, and I think they've used some of that Carretero money. Um, I'm not sure if Jonathan Roscoe's official yet or or not, but um, you know, I think that would be another another big transfer 
because um, for me he's one of the best keepers in the league. And obviously, with the way Pablo Guedi likes to likes to play out the back, kind of build up fast from the back. You need a goalkeeper who who's good with his feet. And Jonathan Orozco, it's the same reason that Tata Martino likes him. Jonathan Orozco is is good with his feet. So that's going to be uh, I think that's going to be interesting. I think Chorosa kind of. I don't know, they're going to be a fascinating team. I mean, they've got to sort out the kind of issue with all the foreigners because they've got about 25 foreigners. But <laughs> once they once they kind of, I think they've got a few a few few foreign players for sale. So, um, but they, I think they're going to have a an interesting team. Um, and yeah, what else? What else? Yeah, really quickly on that. I mean, I think we should talk about some of the other league maker things going on. But I think that suddenly, I mean, obviously a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know. You know, Solo sold Querétaro, and part of the deal was obvious that they're going to get a lot of Querétaro players, you know. But now, suddenly, with, you know, Pablo Guerra in there, you know, now with potential, like Thompson, you know, Jonathan Orozco potentially uh, going in there. Now with Bun reportedly potentially coming back to, um, you know, number, like UC Marcel Reeves. Also, Clifford Abouagie. I mean, I'm a big fan of him uh, as a midfielder. I think suddenly this, this looks like a side that could potentially be a, a dark horse. You know, so I, I think that'll they'll definitely be a, a team to keep an eye on um, this this upcoming season. But, uh, but yeah, Tom, you were saying about other league making stuff. I mean, I guess a, lo- a lot of it's just like rumors under the radar stuff, you know, like Pablo Barrera. You know, maybe like who to Santos. Where, I don't know where San Buesa is going to go, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, Barrera to Juarez is done. I think oh no to San Luis. San Luis. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. San Luis have been quite interesting as well. Um, they seem. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, the guy's 33. I think he's 33 very, very soon. And they, and they put him on a three-year contract, which is, you know, for a right winger who, you know, it's a big contract. So, you know, it's it's a kind of a strange one, but you know, in terms of long longer-term planning. But then, you know, the num- Pablo Barrera's numbers in terms of assists, suspected assists, is still very, very high. And they've great, also yeah. got Quiroga from Nakaxa, who was like top scorer, one of the top scorers in over the last over the Apertura Clausura. And he's 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 a guy who's good in the air, he's good around the box and I don't know, you put Barrera and Quiroga in there and you can see what they're trying to do there. You know what I mean? They've got uh, Memo Vasquez, no, we know he plays he likes to play more of a direct style, um more crosses and I think that that's the plan. So it might be a short term, but the, you know I think it's also a kind of interesting. I think San Luis have also got Pablo Lopez from Pachuca on loan. Um, you know we remember him from the Under-17 World Cup. So I think it's a big season for him as well. Um, but yeah, there's loads of it's been a, it's been a kind of you know a slightly strange uh, transfer market so far. I don't think we're going to see. I mean it's natural because of what we've seen with the coronavirus, but I think we're seeing more kind of swap deals, more loans, a lot more. You know, fewer signings from abroad. Like, I, I just don't think we're going to see like massive money signing. I think Campagna, Campagna from from um, Independiente, the goalkeeper to Pumas, is is going to be one of the bigger one of the bigger signings from uh, from abroad that we're going to see. Um, but apart from that, I mean, you're seeing um, I, don't, I don't know, like what you know. I think Ventura Alvarado is, he, you know, I think he's rescinded his contract with Necaxa. Um, and it looks like he's going to go to Monterrey. Um, I did hear that there was, you know, he was kind of looking at MLS, but it looks like he's going to go Monterrey. And I think that tells you something. Just that very transfer, it's not official yet, but if he does get confirmed in the next couple of days, 
Ventura Alvarado, who wasn't, who wouldn't have been a player six to twelve months ago, with massive interest in Mexico. Like you know, he was captain of the Cats. He was a good player, one of the fastest defenders in the league. But I don't know. It was obviously he's a U.S. citizen, so he's much more likely to go to MLS. So, but for him to now go to one of the big clubs in Liga MX, I think that tells you something about Monterrey. To be honest, um, and I think also the foreigner rule because. Clubs can't just go now as much. I think it was it nine next season or is it eight next season? Uh, keep yeah. Yeah, keep so, so, so that, so that's interesting. The other, the other really interesting MLS rumor is um, Santiago Jimenez from Cruz Azul. Um, I think it was uh, <coughs> Columbus Crew linked with him. You know, a couple of weeks ago he we was supposed to be negotiating a new contract. So, you know, that that be that be a big signing for MLS as well because he's a good player. Um, I do I do worry that if he stayed at Cruz Azul with the quality of strikers that they've got, they wouldn't have that many minutes. I mean, I think he's got his chances mainly when when there's been when there's been injuries at Cruz Azul. But I think he's a big talent for Mexico, and I almost I always I almost kind of forget him because I think he was born in Argentina, and I think um, you know obviously his dad's Chaco Jimenez. So I don't know. It's almost like you forget he's Mexican in a way, but he's, he plays yeah. for the Mexican national team, mm-hmm. so he's like. He's actually really one of Mexico's brightest young talents. Uh, I think he works the line really well. Fairly, fair bit of pace. He's got a decent aerial game. Um, he's kind of a bit different than, than than some of the other strikers in the in the pool. Um, yeah, and and then you know there's a, there's another couple like you know I think I think Ch- I think Chivas doesn't look like they're going to do much. Um, I think if they do anything, it's going to be uh, Gaito Vasquez. I think once out. Raul, Raul Godinho as well. Um, Godinho now, you know, he needs to start. Um, and I think, I think, I don't know. There's been rumours. Sounds like his agent's been kind of, you know, sowing seeds there, maybe with Pumas and in other clubs as well. And the Cax as well was mentioned. But I don't know. I think that might, um, you know, he, he could really do with playing now. I don't really understand why he's not a star at Chivas, to be honest. But that's another, that's another issue. And then Club America again. I mean, I just don't think they're going to do much. Um, I think the big issue with Club America is uh, Renato Ibarra because yeah, for obvious I reasons. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy gets accused of you know beating his pregnant wife. Then the it kind of the, the case the case um, folds because his his wife then kind of retracts the statement. Um, and and then all of a sudden you know he's he's a I mean in theory he's he's innocent. You know what I mean? He's you know that no court has convicted him of, of any crime, um, but from from a PR point of view, Club America, you know, it looks like Club America, obviously owned by Televisa, which have you know a big PR presence. Do they want to be associated with a player who who has been accused of you know being his wife? I mean, probably not. And I think it sounds like he's, they want to they want to sell him. Obviously, he's also a really good player, one of the best right right wingers in 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 Liga MX, one of the best wingers in Liga MX. So what what do you do with him? Um, it sounds like they want to sell him, but then what club wants to be associated with him? You know what I mean? It's uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him and at what price, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure a lot of teams, if it was just looking at what he can do on the field, would want Renato Ibarra. But on the other hand, what do you do with um, you know what do you do with that baggage that he kind of he has now? Um, another couple of interesting names, Edwin Cardona as well at, at Cholos. We'll see yeah. if um, if if Guedi wants to keep him, or, and he's going to then get rid of other some of the other foreign foreigners there, or 
or he moves on somewhere because he's, a, he's another interesting name that, that kind of um, has been floating around Mexico for a couple of years now. Um, and then apart from that, I'm not sure. I mean, it's I think it's going to be a relatively quiet transfer market. I think you what, just... I, I, other than that, oh, go ahead, Wiesel. No, just a question. Guede has already been named? Yeah, he's official. He's he was official. named uh, last Friday. Okay. You know, usual Shola stuff, like late at night. <laughs> like, you know, but... <laughs> But but on the other on the other end too, um, you I mean once again it's tough to know what the transfer market's going to look like. But you keep your fingers crossed that you know maybe this is when you know Pesuto is going to make the move over to to France. Maybe Cesar Montes is going to make the move over to Spain. You know maybe maybe there's some you know sometimes there could be some sort of rumor that you think you know maybe Masias. this. Yeah, yeah. Masias like it, there's other players like oh maybe down the line but maybe. Who knows? Maybe Cordova is now going to make a move. Maybe, maybe you know, Charlie Rodriguez. You know, it's, it's so you kind of you, you keep your fingers crossed that maybe you'll be seeing one of the one of these players move. I mean, I guess right now Cesar Montes is probably the closest uh, from from all those out there, just because it seems like um, seems like according to reports, you know, deal is a little bit more concrete than other ones. You know, where there's just speculation. So you just keep your fingers crossed that maybe you could potentially see another Mexican go abroad because you know it's. You know, it's when you see what's been happening in recent weeks. You know, you, you hear a lot about these, you know, young Americans, you know, in Europe, and you kind of worry as a Mexico fan, you know, thinking like, well, you know, why aren't, why aren't we sending more players abroad? Why aren't we uh, having some player for Chelsea score? Why aren't we have having some up and coming player, in, you know, for Dortmund, you know, you know, getting a, a pretty crucial assist? I know there's a lot of various factors coming to play here. I know the U.S. men's national has a history of having a lot of talent abroad and they don't exactly always work out. And, you know, there's a lot of like dual citizenship players out there, but still, you know, you, you, you just want Mexico to strengthen, you know, and I feel like the last couple of weeks have been a little bit of a reminder of just, I don't know, things are, are could there, change. You know. Are there any transfers that are really happening around the world from people in the Americas to Europe? Like, I, I think, just don't I think see very it. few. Yeah. So I, I just think, I don't yeah. see that many where like oh we, I and it's because of what's happening in right now so I not to be yeah, down I mean, I mean yeah I mean yeah just quickly I mean I think there's a Colombian player linked to like Atlas and I think one of the reasons that it's not been done or I can't get done is because they they, they can't actually travel yeah that's what I'm saying like they gotta go over yeah. there and do yeah. the things that needs to happen or and it's not like they're playing right now so the scouts are looking all over the place. Um, there's more moves no. in, you know, yeah. yeah so I was no, just kind of I mean, like, yeah. what no, no, it's a, it's a really good point, and I, and I think that's why those kind of transfers to Europe from the Mexico side, I think are gonna, I think they're gonna come in in the winter if mm-hmm. they're gonna come more in yeah. one year's time, because yeah. I just can't see it. I just can't see it right now because, I mean, almost all the European leagues are still playing as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they're still. They're still going. Um, you know, the Mexican league now in preseason. So it's like, I don't know, it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's not impossible for it to happen. And I think it depends. I mean, obviously, with things improving a lot in Europe now, um, I don't think it's inconceivable that these transfers can happen. But at the same time, I don't know. It's, it's the other thing. If you're a Mexican club as well, you know, the, the market now, it must be low. You know what I mean? It's got to be down because the the, the demand, the, the, the number of clubs that, can pay and are willing to pay these transfer fees has to be less. You know what I mean? So you put, you know, Macias, 15 million. Okay, six six months ago, maybe, you know, there's 15 teams in Europe that would pay, 
you know, 10 million, yeah, it's not 5 million, you know, you know, five, 5 million below what they were asking or whatever. Okay. So then, so then for then, from then 15 teams or whatever, or 10 teams, I can't remember now. It's like, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe now only one or two will be willing to pay that. And instead of paying 10, um, and Chivas won at 15, but instead of wanting to pay 10, now they want to pay six. And they want to then insert a clause saying that, you know, 30% of the next transfer. And then Chivas are like, well, we're starting a season in three weeks, four weeks. Why would we get rid of our number nine? Um, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know, it's tough. And the same with Montes as well. I mean, Monterrey, do they really, really need the money? I don't know. Maybe they do now. I don't know, but um, but it's it's uh, it's a tough one. But it goes. It's in line with what we've seen recently. You know, in for a long time in Mexico, it's almost like it's like the benevolence of the clubs to let the players go. It's they're not like market demands. It's not like the market dictates that this club needs to let this player go because it's the Mexican clubs are just willing to hold out. They're willing to say, look, we're not selling. We're not selling until you meet our price. And and that's why we've seen so so few. Whereas you know, Cesar mentioned those 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 Americans doing well over there in Europe. I mean, are they more talented than the Mexican players? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think they've got obviously they've got some top top talents. Like you know, Pulisic is a top top talent, but they're they're also going over there for very very cheap, at a very very early age as well. So there's a there's a substantial difference there as well between the between the way things are going. Whereas obviously in Mexico, the players are establishing themselves in Mexico before before kind of heading over there so so it is different but yeah i 100 percent agree i think i don't know i mean i think when osorio was the national team manager it was you know it was a regular conversation mexico needs more players in europe and everybody's up in arms and you know and now tata martino's like oh you know what line is went too soon and you know i'll work with the players from here then it's just like the 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 analysis the pundits they kind of back down a little bit. They're not as kind of concerned about it now. But the reality is, um, it's got to help if you've got the maximum number of players possible playing the very, very best quality football under the very best coaches. I mean, it just to me, I, I don't know. It just it's a no-brainer. Like Mexico needs to start exporting players again because really, um, it, it has slowed down. If you go from the 2014-2018 World Cup what's projected for 2020 you know what i mean it's like we need like you, know, you were saying says we need the montes macias is the orbilin pinedas even like you know these kind of players get over there like i don't know get settled and try to make a difference uh, i think it's important but i don't know we'll see and it's not to like go you know too too much of a deep dive in here either but it's just it's a lot of these players you, you you'd feel confident that they could develop their talents over there and I, I know it's it's a risk there are a lot of different factors you know when it comes to moving to a di- different country playing a new league you know adapting to a new city i mean obviously it, de- it depends on the player depends on the situation depends on the team but and I, I think there it's just it's just i mean we, we all know it there there are a number of the of young mexican players who you feel are completely capable of not only being able to you know be a key part of certain European teams, but also thriving. You know, it's just. I mean, I, I know. I, it's. It's. I, I guess I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, and I think we all know this. You know, it's just. Like, and I guess maybe maybe I'm just kind of bringing it up just because of what I've seen recently uh, in weeks uh, when it comes to some of those U.S. players abroad, and of course because I'm a Mexico fan, I'm consistently comparing the Mexican national team to the U.S. men's national team. And anytime it looks like some U.S. players are doing well, I'm like looking. Or over to, towards the Mexican side and wondering, right, who's going to step up over here? You know, who's a who's a young uh, who's a young talent who could help Mexico going forward? So, 
yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if you were to ask me, you know, would, uh, would Gio Reyna be a star in the Mexican national team? No, of course not. No, of course not. No, he's, he's still a very, very young U.S. men's national team player who, would, who wouldn't be able to compete right now with, the, you know, certain starters on the Mexican national team. But at the same time, it's just, I don't know, I, I, I guess I just feel a little worried. Or maybe just in the end, I'm just jealous. Well, let me, let me, maybe I'll just be real. Just, just jealous of seeing uh, some of those. Uh, <laughs> just seeing some of those names out there. The, the, the thing is, is like, what player in Mexico's history do you remember that left the U- Mexico to Europe and had a successful European and I guess even national team career? Chicharito. I mean, that's like the first. But I know. I mean, it's it's now he. We haven't seen Chicharito. Outside of of uh, of Manchester United, could we say that he did well in, in his other clubs? Because it's it's you know Real Madrid. He made it to Real Madrid, but then he left. Uh, Bayer Leverkusen. He left. So I and I think that's where I kind of go with when you said you know we need these players to keep going. But guys, like who really did it? I can think of Andres Guardado and Rafa Marquez. I don't think I don't think it's black and white though. Like I no, think I think, I think even, yeah. Pablo, I mean, you know, Torrado did okay. But, no, I'm talking about young you know, players. Herrera is an amazing Tequetito. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I think uh, they're quite deep either. I, I guess I my mean, question is more on, like, the young players that are, leave, that are leaving. Like, it's hard to establish yourself as a young player and keep going But just, But Europe. just because – but just, I mean, I, I think we can – I think an argument of whether – uh, you know, a player has done that or not. I think that could be a separate argument. I think I think an argument we should be having though is like, why aren't we seeing more? You know, what? Yeah. Why? Like, I I think I I think that just because if we assume that not that many have done it, I mean, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have more young players. No, 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 no. You know, I'm not, not I'm not saying yeah. that. But I'm saying that it is yeah. it is hard for a young player to go to Europe and establish of himself course. and stay in Europe, yeah. where we've seen players do it. Pavel Pardo, Osorio, um, and uh. Salcido, you know, they were they were all they were, they were older. They were in their twenties. Yeah, nah, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they the established with, themselves with the in the Mexican player. game. They went to the national team. They did well in the national team, and because of the national team, then uh, you know, uh, they had good careers in Europe. Where it's been yeah. hard. Like I can't think of a player that really went as young, and I can only think of Guardado and maybe in Rafa Marquez. But Guardado, you know, 2005, 2007 was with Atlas. Then the national team, boom, Deportivo La Coruña came in, and yeah. then Valencia. But I think the point, I think the point is, you just want him playing at the top level. You know, that's that's just true. I think it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. You just, we all recognize that European leagues are better, the European sides are better, and that's why I want Mexican players going over there because we recognize yeah. fairly frequently just young Mexicans who have almost outgrown Liga Mackey's and our cable doing much more. I think I think it's just as simple as that, you yeah. know. It's it's um, but usually it's they, they they wait longer in in Mexican league before yeah. they leave. So it's like yeah. that I, mean, I think I think there've been examples of both. I mean, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I I agree. In in general the American players have gone a lot have gone a lot earlier. A lot they of them have been anything. able to But I mean this ne- this crop right now looks really good. I mean, let's not Let's not lie. They've got some really, really good young players. Let's see how they develop. I think, I think the the US fans get, I mean, they get very excited very quickly. Yeah, we, we all do. I'll get way. it. I'll give it to them. So do we. But at the same time, yeah. I'm just not like, oh my gosh, the US is going to have a great team in four years. They've got, a, I think, I think they've got the potential. You look at some of the players they've got now and the level that they're playing at. 
and yeah, it's still early days. I mean, they're still young players as well, but they they, they look like they've got some some really good talents. Um, you know, they had a guy uh, debut for Bayern Munich the other day as well, didn't they? But um, but from the Mexican point of view, what I would say is that I think that there are signs that that it could change that the potentially players could go to Europe earlier. Um, I think that the the payment in pesos might affect them. I think the fact that clubs are suffering in Mexico because of the coronavirus also might open the door a little bit a little to cheaper. yeah to cheaper and also kind of deals kind of where okay like you know 50 50 percent ownership or you know we'll we'll sell them cheap now but you know for the a sell on clause you know you insert stuff like that like like the Argentine clubs do or the lower league clubs in England do where you know third division club all right you know we'll sell this player for. Three hundred thousand, but if if we'll get thirty percent of the next, you know, um, the sell on the the fee, thirty percent of the sell on fee. I mean, I, I mean, the club in my town, Rochdale, have made legitimately decent money with that, where they sell a player, you know, he might be twenty two, then within three years, then they sign to a Premier League club, then all of a sudden, like Rochdale gets a million pound, and it's like it's absolute bonanza. So so you might get Mexican clubs, and the other thing as well. And we're gonna to have to see how this shapes out, and it's not—I don't know—it's not any kind of guarantee. But um, with Brexit in the UK, we're gonna see a change in the visa system for players, and we're gonna to have to wait for the final verdict. But there's 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 a case to be made that it might result in a Mexican player having exactly the same right and and requiring the same things to go and play in the Premier League as some as a player from France. And if that happens, then I think you're going to see more Premier League scouts coming to Mexico because right now there's no point. There's legitimately no point, a little point, having a full-time scout if you're a Premier League club in Mexico. Um, you know, or anything more than part-time. Why? Because to get a work visa for for the UK, you got to play a percentage of national team games, and you know, basically you can just you can scout the national team. You know what I mean? And and that's that's how you that's how you keep you track you, you 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 know you track the youth national teams and then you track the national teams and then you pretty much you're pretty much covered you know what I mean so uh, but that that might change that might change if um, if the visa system in the UK changes as well but I mean that's just that's kind of an aside but yeah I, I think I think there's potential and, and and the other thing to throw in is that you know I think people have sat up and taken notice that Mexican youth teams do really well at, at, yeah. at World Cups. Um, you know, maybe they don't. The Mexican players don't have the. They don't stand out. I don't want to. I don't want to say this wrong, but you know, they, maybe they don't stand out sometimes as in the same way in terms of on an individual level. Sometimes the teams are very good, but the individuals don't necessarily stand out. That isn't. But that. But that's all relative because even an, an individual to make it even under 17s World Cup has to be a decent standard. And I think it's from there where you know where how you project the development and how you develop the player. But um, but but I think I think you know Europe, European clubs are obviously taking notice of that um, and you know attracting these players. It's just a case of you know the conditions being right. But I think I think there is there is kind of a, you know the, with the quality coming through in Mexico. I mean you know I go to quite a few of these under twenty games and there's the players and he's like why is he not playing? Why are you not getting first team minutes? This guy, you know what I mean? It's and it's it's incredible. And then you look at the histories and it's like you know. 
They're 19 years old and they're scoring a goal a game in the under-20s league, and then they're just not getting any minutes in the first. You know, they don't even make the debut in the first team, and it's um, is definitely a blockage in the system there. And the other thing we're going to see with the second division, um, because on Friday there's a meeting, um, and I think I think we're going to find out details on Friday about what this um, what this second division is going to look like. I think it's going to I think it's eight players over the age of. 20. 23. I'm not exactly sure how that helps the youth players, but three foreigners, I think it's going to be, and and you know we're going to see see how that develops as well, and see if that can come kind of a, you know the level can be good enough to provide that step, that bridge between the under 20s league and the and the league MX, because from a developmental point of view, the Mexican player really needs that because not everybody can do, um, you know sometimes what what players do by accident. I mean Charlie Rodriguez. I think Diego Alonso has spoken about how he that it wasn't in Monterrey's plan to mm-hmm. promote Charlie Rodriguez and give him minutes a couple of years ago. I mean, he just came into a preseason and Alonso was looking for a player who could play like he does, kind of connect, you know, connect the the team basically to 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 distribute, to get the ball, to distribute. Um, and they were looking in the transfer market for the player, and then luckily Charlie Rodriguez was in the preseason. And Alonso was like, wait up, this kid's really good. But it's kind of worrying that, I mean, that wasn't kind of projected within the club. That was just, and, and it's the same with um, Marcel Ruiz. Um, I think it was actually Rapuente in Querétaro who saw Ruiz in a preseason and said, this this kid's really good. And I think they plucked him from the under-17s. I mean, but again, it's kind of worrying that although he was obviously a good player for his age, that that. He's not projected within the team and within the the forecast of how you're gonna, you know, forecast your squad in in six months, a year, two years. That he was kind of just one call and saying this kid's pretty good, let's put him in. But um, but anyway, that was a good little ramble, wasn't it? But yeah, the only final sentence I have to add in is hopefully they do change that that rule in England because that'll make it a lot easier pretty, in football. Yeah. In, in football pretty, major. Yeah. I no, 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 no. No, no. I'm thinking. No, you know what I mean. I'll talk about the roster rule. The roster rule. Because then it'll make it a lot easier in football manager to sign young Mexicans. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm going to put a tweet out saying this is the Cesar Loves Brexit ex- episode of the Mexican you, soccer show. You, you, you kept Cesar. Start a, start a Twitter account. Oh, uh, just kidding. Just kidding, obviously. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> So we were supposed to anyway. have a shorter a shorter episode. It's already an hour and two minutes. We already Keep it real. An hour. I mean, <laughs> should we talk about how we're gonna have the best striker into the next World Cup if Raul Jimenez, you know, keeps going on the same route? I mean, it's not happening. All right, all right, all right, guys. Uh, great, great show. Um, even though we only had two topics of league MX transfers, we somehow made it to an hour uh, by talking about Raul Jimenez for twenty minutes. Um, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Continue to listening to us and. You know, really, really enjoy all the comments that we're getting. And and uh, now, if you don't know already, if you're on Instagram, we have a uh, our Instagram account that uh, Fabulous Producer Amy uh, set up and is doing an amazing job um, getting content. And uh, we're going to start putting a little bit more uh, emphasis on uh, getting some parts of the show and the clips. So if you're on Instagram, follow us, and uh, we'll continue to to keep growing with the Mexican soccer show on social media and all that. So, and any suggestions too, maybe some giveaways, who knows, an autographed uh, picture of Tom Marshall, you know, in a suit, but you know, it's, 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 that'd be good. Put I, it I, I, 
I'm in a suit. Yeah. We're going with this. <laughs> I, are you in a suit right now with your with your picture right here? It says it's your ESPN. Yeah. You know when you're analyzing, right? I think you were coming to Phoenix. That's my fan, fans only fans only one. That. <laughs> only fans. Only fans. Only fans. I want to I want to start a, a Twitter account called Only Flans. Like just just flans. <laughs> That's clever. That's clever actually. You should right? do that. Just, just flans and just all clever. different types of flans and be like Only Flans. Uh, fun fun times. All right guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And uh, this is another edition of the Mexican Sox Show. Hasta la próxima. Bye.